Good morning, everyone, and welcome to First Things First. I'm Jenna Wolf, alongside Nick Wright, Kevin Wilds, Chris Broussard, already in a good mood. Great to have you guys on a Friday morning. Coming up on the program, could the Lakers or the Bucks be adding a big name once NBA play resumes? Has the intrigue surrounding Tom Brady down there in Tampa gone just a little bit too far? And the beard that keeps on giving. Can Aaron Rodgers and his new look contend for a Super Bowl under year two under head coach Matt LaFleur? Ooh, the intrigue. But we will start this morning on a more serious topic with the latest news surrounding still free agent quarterback Colin Kaepernick. Seattle Seahawks head coach Pete Carroll came out yesterday and admitted he regrets not signing Cap back in 2017. He went on to deny that a second meeting with the quarterback was canceled in 2018 over issues over Cap potentially kneeling during the anthem. Carroll did go on to say that an unnamed team did reach out to the Seahawks yesterday, showing interest in Kaepernick. I guess we'll see if a team brings him in after all of this. Nick, there's a lot to digest here. What'd you make of all of everything that went on yesterday? Well, listen, at the end of the day, Colin Kaepernick's still blackballed. The reasoning has just shifted. And I think it's instructive and I think it's important for the audience to understand over the last three and a half years, the different layers of reasoning we've gone through instead of just admitting the obvious, which is Colin Kaepernick's been blackballed from the NFL. In 2017, that's what I would call the year of plausible deniability. It started with, in the summer of 2017, oh, he's definitely going to get signed. We just have to wait for an injury. That was the general consensus among folks that didn't want to admit what was clearly going on. That reasoning then shifted to, well, okay, he can be a backup somewhere, but there's only a few teams where that would be a system fit. You want your backup to have the same style as your starter. And we always knew, at least some of us knew, that was nonsense. It was proven out to be nonsense the next season when Lamar Jackson took over for Joe Flacco for a team that was dead in the water, totally different stylistically, and led him to the playoffs. And that reasoning then went on to, all right, well, the problem is, would he have enough time if you brought him in, even if there was an injury, wouldn't you be better with your backup because he hasn't been in the offense, he hasn't been in the system. And that was shown to be laughable on its face when Jacoby Brissett started a football game for the Colts 15 days after they traded for him. So that's what 2017 was about. 2018, the plausible deniability gave way to just outright lies. It started with, well, you know what? I don't think his teammates like him. I think he was a bit of a cancer, ignoring the fact that he won the most prestigious award voted on by the 49ers teammates, mm -hmm. the Lynn Eshmont Award. Then it was, you know what? Now that I think about it, he's actually terrible. You know what? He's a bad football player, ignoring the fact that he's top six in the history of the NFL in interception percentage, touchdown interception ratio, and folks even recreated history saying he got benched for Blaine Gabbert, which never actually happened. And then the outright lie of he wants $25 million. That was made, out, made up out of whole cloth as an excuse for Kaepernick not to be in the league. And then 2019, the lies gave way to the undefinable. Does he actually want to play, even though he'd made clear at every step he does? Well, you know, we know it's unfair and we know it's a blackballing, but the NFL's a business. 
and fans hate him, totally ignoring the whatever percentage of fans it is that he was one of their favorite or most popular players. And then in 2019, it became, well, you know, can he even still play? Is he in shape? And then we saw the workout this past November where he's clearly in shape and he clearly can still play. So the only thing left was as a distraction. It's such a hot-button topic, such a polarizing issue. And now that the majority of Americans understand he was right, now that the NFL has admitted without saying mm -hmm. his name he was right, we've given way, I, list, I listed nine excuses there, to the tenth and final one, which is, damn, it's a shame. That blackballing that happened, just it took too long for us to realize, and now it's been too long, which, of course, is also nonsense. Chad Henney, the backup quarterback for my Kansas City Chiefs, since 2016, when Cap was a starter, has thrown five passes. In the same time frame, Cap's thrown 330. Alden Smith has been out of football a year longer than Cap. He's on the Dallas Cowboys right now. Folks, for the better part of four years, Wilds, have done their best to deny what is patently obvious. Colin Kaepernick had his career taken away from him because he made a stance. He made a stand. And now the country is realizing he happened to be right about that stand, and he's still not going to be able to play football again. See, I'm a little bit more optimistic than you, Nick. I think that we've seen a sea change here from Goodell, from the league, and from Pete, what Pete Carroll said. And I know Pete Carroll has always talked is an optimistic guy, but I don't think there was a reason for him to volunteer the fact that teams are called, or a singular team called him to ask about him. That makes me think that we're headed in the right direction, that Cap is going to get a shot, and that Cap's perseverance that he's shown throughout these last three and a half years, he's been on Instagram with his day counter of how long he's been out and constantly showing that he is ready. He was ready in the tryout. I think I have a, a more, maybe I, I hope it's not naive optimism, but I'm optimistic that he will be on an NFL field or with an NFL team this year, Broussard. Look, I do feel like for the NFL to make good on its apology that Roger Goodell issued, Kaepernick needs to be on a team. He needs to at least have the mm -hmm. opportunity to play. If otherwise, you're just speaking words that really don't have any meaning. And a lot of people are doing that right now. And I think Pete Carroll was talking out of both sides of his mouth. Okay, he says, we regret not signing him back in 2017. We should have done it. Well, if you regret it, do it now. Nothing has changed. Russell Wilson is still embedded as your starter, so there won't be a controversy. It's not like if Russell has a bad game, people are going to say, put Kaepernick in. So you don't have to worry about that. In fact, you know what? One thing has changed. The one excuse that Pete Carroll gave for not signing Cap, he's a starter. He really is. He's good enough to start. He's too good to be a backup. We can't sign him for that reason. Now he is a backup. Now he could become a starter in mm -hmm. the future, but no one in their right mind would say after three years off, he's ready to step into the NFL right now and start. So that excuse is gone, kind of the next point. So now what's the excuse? Geno Smith, you signed him to a one-year, $1.2 million deal. In the last three years that Cap's been out, Geno has thrown 54 passes. So he, he hadn't really been that active either. And obviously, Kaepernick is better than Geno Smith or, or has been 
throughout their careers. He's only 32 years old. The styles of play that a lot of teams are adopting, obviously Seattle, could fit for Kaepernick. And, and Pete Carroll said yesterday, I've always said over the years that if something happened and Russell got tangled up and couldn't play for some reason, Kaepernick would be an extraordinary candidate to replace him. Sounds like the perfect fit in Seattle. Now, I get it. If another team wants to sign him and he has a better chance to eventually play, that's one thing. But Carroll is like a lot of people nowadays speaking out of both sides of his mouth on this Kaepernick issue. With respect to all those excellent points you made, Broussard, my only pushback would be you're operating from a place of logic on this. This has never been about logic. This, is, this was a player who was blackballed, and we know it. And if we try to reverse engineer why now he could get, no. It, the, he had his career taken from him because he decided to make a stand that at the time was unpopular amongst the majority of Americans. And even though right now the majorities have flipped, it is still unpopular amongst a large segment of the population. It does not matter that the people who are angriest at Cap have been exposed as utter frauds. It does not matter that the people who are angriest at Cap about kneeling during the national anthem because it disrespects the flag and our military are the exact same people angriest at NASCAR right now for banning the Confederate flag, which is the single most disrespectful thing you could possibly display to our troops, the flag, and our military, since it's a flag that represents an insurrection against our military. It's never been about one plus one equals two. It's always been about one plus one equals X, and you just have to trust us. And so, listen, I... I don't know that there's, I, I should admit my bias on this on the front end. I don't know there's a person in the national media that has a closer relationship with Colin than I do. And I will tell you guys what I told him the last time we sat and talked when he said, do you think I'm gonna get another shot? And I told him no. And the reason I mentioned that is because there is this other almost narrative that, well, he's not going to play again but it's actually better for his cause for an era of martyrdom. I am telling you, I sat next to that man and looked into his eyes, and I thought he was going to cry. For as much as he cares about the cause and the people and all the great work he does, he worked his entire life to have a chance to do what he loves, which is run through that tunnel and play football. When he started kneeling, he understandably did not think he was going to be forfeiting his career. It has been taken from him. And even if he has been proven right on the merits of the bigger issue, it is still damn near criminal that someone who worked as hard and was as good at the time as he was doesn't get to do what he loves to do as it would be for any of us if we had our passion stripped of us for reasons absolutely out of our control that now everyone understands, oh, he was right about too. Nick, I'll ask you what you asked Cap when you sat across from him. Do you think with everything going on right now, he will get a chance to play again? No. No, he's never going to get a chance to play. Like, no, I, 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 I hope I'm wrong, Wilds. I hope you're right. But I, I don't see any. That, I think suing the NFL 
which I think he was right on and I support him in, was the last straw. And no, I don't, I, Wilds, I will be thrilled if you are correct, but I think there's no chance whatsoever he gets another shot. Coach Mangini, we're drawing a blank. Can we start with a doozy? NFL analyst Chris Sims released his top 40 quarterbacks heading into 2020. And when he was asked why he had Jared Stidham 35th on the list and Dolphins rookie Tua Tungavailoa at 40th, Sims said Stidham is more talented than Tua, to which Nick spit out half of his half-calf almond milk latte during our rundown meeting this morning. Nick, that's very fancy <laughs> coffee for a very fancy guy. Sim saying Stidham is more talented than Tua, though, is blank. Of all the lies you've told about me on this show, and at this point, it's too many to count, I think that's the one that offends me the most. I drink my coffee black. The half-calf And anyone that would, anyone, even if you enjoy half-calf almond milk, anyone that would order that as a grown man should be shamed out of it. But let me answer the question. Wilds, you know I'm not prone to hyperbole, so this pains me a bit. Oh, here we go. But Chris Sims saying Jared Stidham is more talented than Tua Tungabailoa is the worst take of the year. It's the worst take of 2020. 2020's been a hell year. This is the worst take. And this, I, and I love Chris Sims. This idea, I, 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 re, I listened to the whole interview with those dopes at EEI. Sorry, EEI. Um, the, and I heard him say, like, oh, what do you expect? That, that system in Alabama. Since Saban's been there, he's had two other quarterbacks drafted. A.J. McCarron in round five and Greg McElroy in round seven. It's not like it's been a quarterback offensive machine they've had passing game-wise at Alabama. Stidham at 35 is about right in a 32-team league. But Tua at 40, coach, it's the worst take of the year. <laughs> Nick, I had <laughs> almond milk in my coffee this morning, and I'm very comfortable with my manhood. There you go, um, coach. And, and you, there you oh, go. you're not being prone. You're not being prone to hyperbole is probably the worst take of the year. What I'm, what I'm going to say <laughs> is there, there's an Alabama discount, and this this happens pretty consistently as, as you evaluate schools that, that players come from. You have to look at, at the talent level that they're playing with, and obviously Alabama is as high as, as it gets, and then the development that the program puts the players through, and Alabama is as high as it gets. When you're, when you're drafting these guys, you want to make sure that there's a, a high ceiling of growth. And when, when schools have, have produced at almost a pro level, and arguably in some cases better than a pro level, there's a there's a discount because you don't think the guy is going to have as significant an upside as, as other players. Look, there, there's nothing more I like to do than what I'm about to do right now. You know at SeaWorld where they, they, they're in the splash zone, so you go like this, they hand out like... Uh, like plastic sheet so you don't get splashed. That's what's about to just happen. Nick, uh, we had Jarrett at 35. We had Tua at 40. Do you know who was at 36, also above Tua? I do not. Do you know? Do you Tell know? me, please. Tell me. <laughs> get ready, everybody. Taysom Hill, buddy. Taysom Hill, also oh, above no, Tua. No, he wasn't. Oh, get ready. oh my. Oh, <laughs> God. Oh, Christ. Taysom Hill. He's, throw, he's completed yes. six passes in his career. He's above Tua. More than Tua. 
All right, Sims, you know what? Yeah, two and got zero. I, 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 <laughs> all right, <laughs> you're right. I am flustered right now. I can't believe Chris Sims is doing this to himself. He's just, I mean, he's just absolutely shredding his credibility in real time. Chris Sims has been on a mid enormous media trajectory do it from doing a podcast with my buddy adam lefko to he might one day do sunday night football not anymore yeah i hope it was worth it sims my god what a terrible Just a list subjective list all arbitrary terrible list to the broncos now their rookie wide receiver jerry judy released this video yesterday on twitter i probably watched this 18 times look at the footwork here if i'm a broncos fan i love this Nick, the impact Jerry Judy's going to have on second-year quarterback Drew Locke is blank. I just looked at the list again. He's got Locke in the mid-20s. My <laughs> God, Sim. The, listen, the impact Jerry Judy can have on Drew Locke is drastically overstated. I love Judy. I love the footwork. I love the hands. Not sure how much it's going to help when passes are bouncing at your feet and sailing over your head. This Drew Locke hype. Uh, that Colin Cowherd and my, my good friend has engaged in. Oh, Dark Horse MVP candidate. Drew Locke has played one high-level game in his NFL career after having a middling career in college at the University of Missouri, my home state university, by the way. And the one great game he played was against a cartoonishly bad Texans pass defense that was beat up at the time. So as good as Judy is, I think the impact's going to be drastically overstated because the Broncos still don't have a quarterback coach. Well, look, his his numbers are, are not necessarily drastically over overstated. When you look at it, there's a lot of encouraging things that Drew Locke did, whether it's his TD, the interception ratio, his quarterback rating, his completion percentage. There's a lot of things to be to be encouraged by. But a wide receiver, regardless of, of how good they are, has a limited impact on a quarterback because there's so many things that, that have to work in order for that wide receiver to be successful. The protection has to be good. The quarterback has to be able to get the, the ball to the right place to cut and, and read the coverages. There's a lot of things that go into a receiver's success. And, and maybe he's going to have the, the success that Anquan Bolden had at 101 receptions, you know, but it's so rare. Randy Moss, 17 touchdowns. Typically, it's more Julio Jones, 50 receptions and uh deandre hopkins 50 reception so the overall impact i think is going to be limited you know what the internet has poisoned me because now i look at it like a good route running and fast feet and it's just it doesn't do it for me anymore it's too conventional i need weird things what? i need to see stability i need to see pliability you know this i need to see like multiple weird things happening it's the only thing that now kind of goes viral so the next round, we got to be on the, the bounce balls and throwing tennis balls up. Throw, you throw the ball oh, over the house wow. and you run and catch it. I'm sorry, that's just what the internet demands. It's just the algorithm just wants weirder, weirder your, footage. So I don't know about this. Your football bar is too high at this point. All right, let's move on. Talk some Colts now. No apologies. Uh, where their new quarterback, 38-year-old Philip Rivers, is aggravated by talks that he's washed up. I wonder if those talks stem from the fact that he turned the ball over 23 times, 20 interceptions, third most in the NFL last year, or maybe perhaps he's entering year 17 this season. Nick Rivers leading the Colts to the playoffs this season would be blank. So wild, the internet has caused wild sensibilities to numb and he needs weirder and weirder videos. 
to, to be intrigued. That's a, that's a hell of an admission on national television, Wild. Don't check the internet history. But neither here nor there. This, this, this is total vindication if it were to happen. Because you got folks like me when it comes to Philip Rivers saying he's already working on his second career, saying he's going to be a, a football coordinator at the high school in Alabama, that this is one last payday. He's 38, going to be 39 years old. So if they make the playoffs, and I like the roster around him, it would be total vindication for Philip Rivers. I don't see it happening, but if it does, it'd be total vindication, coach. Yeah, typically when you start talking about retirement, in your mind, you're, you're already retired. And, and when you start talking about what your life is going to be after football, those aren't necessarily things that you're looking for as a front office with, with someone that you're going to bring in. But to me, this would only be mildly surprising. When you look at Philip Rivers' career, after a year where he has a lot of interceptions, the next year they, they typically come down and, and oftentimes come down significantly. He's he's has the potential for a big year at any point. That division is is so unpredictable. You never know what's going to happen with any of those teams. So I'd only be mildly surprised if, if he was able to pull it off. You know, I went with wonderful coach. You know, my wife and my and our producer, Sam Pepper, both went, went to Wisconsin. Colts ran the ball the fifth most percentage-wise this year. It's all going to be Jonathan Taylor, who, by the way, 6,000 yards in only three years, sixth best of all time. So, boom, wonderful for the Colts. Wonderful. All right, I like it. On to the Packers now, where I present to you, no kidding, did you really? Aaron Rodgers, who has clearly spent his quarantine the way Nick has, growing out his beard. Nick, don't feel bad, buddy. Yours is going to grow soon. Just give it some time. But I will ask you this. Rodgers' quarantine beard is blank. It is unbelievable. It just, I mean, the, the drive-bys Jenna is executing. It's just really uncalled for. I it's suppose after what I said the Wilds had a moment ago. It's three years of myself getting thrown I under the bus, it. Nick. Um, all right, listen, this is, but Jenna's right. This is a subject of massive envy from me. And I try not to be an envious person, but it's, a, and I say this sincerely, this is the same way I feel about Wilds' hair. When I started to grow out my hair, because I oh. met Wilds years ago, I was like, hey, that's kind of the look I'm going for. And for some reason, I can never get it. Like, the hair grows, I just can never get it. It looks bad almost every day. I feel the same about Aaron Rodgers' beard. When I started growing out my beard, I was like, okay, I'm going to have a full, closely cropped, not that long, but a full beard. And I just can't do it. That's why it's always this short down here, because I can't do I it here. Right, I'm envious. It, yeah, you were right. Told Let you. me say it. So it's a subject of envy, because you know, he's going to shave it off. He doesn't even like it. He just wants a mustache anyway. It's a good beard wasted on someone who doesn't want it, Coach. So I, you know, I'm envious. Nothing nothing makes me happier than being able to spend my morning learning about Nick's beard. Um, that, yeah. that, that's good times everyone. to me. Unbelievable. To, to me, this this is this is aspirational. I could go the rest of my life and never shave and not even come close to, to this yeah. beard. And I know Nick wants to talk about oh. the fact that Patrick Mahomes oh. can grow a better beard and Patrick Mahomes' <laughs> beard will be, you know, significantly better over time and he should get paid more for That's his hard. beard. And then, yeah. you know, Wilds is going to chime in and oh. say that Stidham's beard can be better if Belichick helps him or maybe Hoyer's beard is going to be better. <laughs> but for me, look, it's aspirational. I could never do this. Look I at went, you. Uh, I don't know if, we're, if we got our Olympic music. Hubbard, did we get Olympic music for my podium? <laughs> I'm saying this is a runner-up. 
We moved, there we go. We moved uh, Big Ben to uh, third place on the Beard Olympics. Rogers comes in second, and Fitzpatrick still the undisputed champion gold medalist of Beard. So Aaron Rodgers with a nice placement here, but Big Ben shaved his, he goes down to third, but undisputed champion, Ryan Fitzpatrick. That's fair. Bring Harden into that conversation. He'd give them all a run for their money. No. Hey guys. Oh, yeah. Check this out right here. Aerial footage, watch it, of Brady and his new I Bucks mean. teammates working out down in Tampa. Tom Brady, can't stop, won't stop, grinding. Next on First Things First. They're literally no. just standing around. No, that didn't just happen. No. Hubs. Back here with Coach Mangini. Guys, check this out. Aerial footage of Tom Brady's latest workout. Gotta be quick, gotta be a little sneaky to get the good stuff like this. It's the first footage of TV12 with his new Bucks teammates practicing at a local Tampa high school. It leaked out yesterday. Gronk reportedly one of the receivers in attendance there, though it's hard to tell once you've reached cruising altitude. Coach, sending a helicopter for this, I, I, I mean, it feels like a bit much. It's just a little gathering. What do you make of the intrigue surrounding Tom Brady down there in Tampa? Well, first of all, I'd like to see him actually do some some work. I mean, everybody's sitting around They're talking. They're probably waiting nice for the choppers were... to leave. I, I guess so. But, you, you know, a route, anything, anything, a snap, something would, would be good. Uh, I, I understand the intrigue. And, and when you when you get someone like Tom Brady to to an organization that's been struggling and, and struggling for a while, there's there's incredible optimism. And, and it's a little bit of of the reverse of what's happening in, in New England, where there's a lot of concern about, about what's going to happen. And, and uh, the thing that, that I'm a little concerned about is with these events taking place, they're taking place all over the country. Wouldn't it be better if these guys were actually at the facility where there were doctors and testing and, and things where, where they could do this in a way that that's uh, a, a little bit safer. So, so um, here's here, – go ahead, Wilds. I'm sorry. Go, go ahead, Nick. No, 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 you go. Oh, so here's the – set the, the, the testing part aside, I think, is an interesting point and a good one by Coach, but I just think the team facilities league hasn't opened them up yet in that regard. But as far as the intrigue or the hype, I, the, here's where I want to give Brady a compliment. I think he is more well-equipped to deal with that than any player in the league and maybe any player ever. I, I do understand the idea, Wilds, that, well, you know, now all of a sudden a team in Tampa that's been really out of the national eye for the better part of nearly 20 years that doesn't have any sustained long-term success in the history of their franchise, they're going to be on national TV as much as anybody, they're going to be talked about as much as anybody, and all this, and it's all because of one player addition, so all that pressure weighing on that player's shoulders. But Tom Brady, for the last 15 years of his career, has operated from a place very few players in sports history have, which is, if I finish second, this year was a failure, where it, it, every single year you had realistic Super Bowl expectations, realistic Super Bowl aspirations, and so I think that, you know, the scrutiny and the media and all of this, that for a lot of guys could maybe affect them. Wilds, I don't see any way it affects Tom, even though he's out of New England, 
because he's been operating from that place for as long as he's been Tom Brady almost. Yeah, so I wonder if it affects everybody else on the field, though, Nick. Like, look, I've worked in sports media for 20 years. I do not remember a helicopter shot of just a, guy, a bunch of guys hanging out in the history of sports. I really don't. This is an unprecedented appetite for Tom Brady footage, I guess. Um, it's, it's, it's just odd to see this footage. And I like it because remember we tried to get those photos the other days and the Tampa Bay newspaper had it and we couldn't get them. So I recognize that we're part of the system that wants to see Tom Brady. But looking at this and recognizing that there's such a ravenous appetite for Tom Brady on the field and seeing Gronk on the field makes me think that this is a, a higher pressure cooker coach than I think I originally thought. Yeah, I, I don't, I don't, I don't think this is is necessarily a higher pressure cooker for for Tom at all. It, this is this is what what Tampa Bay wanted when they brought Tom Brady in is the impact that he could have with the players around him. And, and yeah, uh, I know Kevin, you love the the term force multiplier. This is this yes. is where he's the greatest force multiplier is when he can be on the field and and the. Um, as he's learning, the guys can learn from him in terms of his approach, in terms of his professionalism, in terms of the the nuances of of, of route running, of, of understanding coverages. There's so many things that that he can teach, and and the best way that he can teach is obviously not over Zoom. It's it's with the guys, with the in the huddle, and and um, th those those lessons. Well, Coach, if I may, can I just throw something, a question back to you quickly? Because he, I, I know Tom can teach them a lot, but I feel like there's an element, and tell me if I'm wrong, of being in the crucible. Like, the scrutiny the Bucks are going to be under is mm -hmm. so different than anything. Take Mike Evans and Chris Godwin. They played, I would imagine, with almost the security of knowing, man, if we lose, folks are not, they're not going to blame us. They're going to blame Jameis because Jameis probably threw it to the other team and, and yep. people understand his weaknesses. And, by the way, outside of Tampa, no one's really going to be talking about us. So, I, like, how, how different or difficult do you think that's going to be for all the guys on Tampa, aside from Gronk and Brady, who this is all so new to, Coach? It's, it's incredibly difficult. And it's the problem that, that Cleveland went through last year. When you insert significant expectations to a season and every, everything changes the way that people play you change the way that that your um your perceived uh just externally and 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 the pressure that guys often put on themselves because of those expectations it's it's often counterproductive and and not not um a, an asset at all and as as much as people want to be recognized and, and want to um, be respected, so oftentimes they can't handle with the, the pressure that comes with those expectations. All right, let's take a turn and talk some Green Bay Packers. There is no aerial footage of these guys, at least not yet. In just his first season as Green Bay's head coach, Matt LaFleur won an impressive 13-3, and led his team to the NFC Championship game. So how do you follow up a year one like that? Year two, baby. LaFleur was asked about it and said there's just so many advantages to having that first year under our belt. Coach, you wear a belt. Is there any truth to this? 
There's a tremendous amount of truth to this. And I remember when I first got the job in New York, I was talking to Bill Parcells, and he said, look, Eric, every day that you come in, there's going to be five things that happen that, that you didn't expect. And as much as you want to plan out your day and as much as you think that you're going to be able to follow a, a schedule, it, it doesn't work that way. And it's true. There's there's so many things that come up that you've never had any exposure to. And there's no playbook for being a head coach. And, and you know, coming from places that, that even try to develop head coaches before they become head coaches, you still can't simulate the challenges that, that exist once you're actually sitting in that chair. So here's my concern then, because I think all that's well taken, but now year two has a totally new set and unnecessary set of complications because of what Matt LaFleur's boss, Brian Gutenkunst, did in the draft. Because he spent year one, ostensibly, building up a relationship with Aaron Rodgers, building up trust with Aaron Rodgers. And then the front office went and added a totally unnecessary variable, which was not only drafting a quarterback, not only drafting a quarterback in the first round, but drafting, trading up to draft a quarterback in the first round, then drafting essentially a fullback and then an H-back in the next two rounds. I know the guy's called a running back, but he looks like a fullback. And, and if you already had to be concerned a bit, Wilds, with the sensitive or prickly or however you want to put it nature of Aaron Rodgers and you were trying to make sure even though you went 13 and 3 that year two was more successful than year one I feel like part of this for Matt LaFleur is going to be like being a rookie coach again when it comes to his relationship with his quarterback which I think is the most important factor of all this Wilds. Yeah, but don't you think that through this all, Aaron Rodgers knows that there might be some outside noise, but Aaron Rodgers knows he needs to deliver and he needs to get to the Super Bowl? I feel like, yeah, the Jordan Love factor is a thing, but once they go 3-0, and once they go 5-0, and they go 6-2 and or however, Nick, your laminated board has them going, I think all that kind of just goes away. And we think, like, remember when we were talking about Jordan Love? I think Matt LaFleur is in for a great year with Aaron Rodgers. The last coach that went... 13-3 and three was Jim Harbaugh, got to the Super Bowl the next year with Kaepernick, Nick. So hopefully I'll see both of those things. Aaron Rodgers can get to the Super Bowl and Kaepernick can back, be back on the field. Un yeah, unfortunately, well, Ka Aaron Rodgers getting to the Super Bowl at least is on the board in my mind. Unfortunately for Cap, I'm not sure it is. I, it, Coach, what do, what do you think about what my concern is? That, that Rodgers, it, I don't know how much day-to-day relationship Rodgers has the quarterback has with the GM once the season gets going you have a ton of day-to-day -day relationship with the head coach and that the addition of Jordan Love further complicates that look Aaron Rodgers had a, a supposedly great relationship with the last head coach and that got him fired so bring in a, someone to to remind Aaron Rodgers that that everybody's position is um, under scrutiny and everybody faces competition year in and year out is not necessarily a, a bad thing. You want to develop trust with, with all of your players, and, and some players are more prickly than others. And a, a little bit of a reminder that the, the NFL has um, consistent uh, uh, pressures and consistent uh, struggles and, and, and things like that is not the worst thing in the world for anybody.
full weekend of NASCAR action coming your way from Miami, starting tomorrow with the Xfinity Series. That's on Fox, followed by the Truck Series over at FS1. Then on Sunday, the NASCAR Cup Series continues with the Dixie Vodka 400, live at 3.30 Eastern, only on Fox. Time now for stories to start your morning. We got Chris Broussard with us. So what do you do when you start playing games without fans? If you play it, they will come virtually, of course. La Liga used virtual fans and recorded crowd noise yesterday. I'll let you decide whether these virtual fans pass the viewing experience test. Don't look too closely, though. Nick, you think this could work for the NBA and other sports moving forward? I think for the NBA, you're going to have to have a slightly better graphics. Maybe our friends at 2K can help them with that because you're obviously zoomed in further. You're not getting the full experience here because we can't play the sound. But when the shot from afar and you have the, the pumped in crowd noise, I loved it. I think it's great. I like it a lot. I think it, it, it absolutely enhanced the viewing experience. So I think it's a great job by La Liga, my third favorite soccer league in the world. And I think it's something the NBA should try to figure out how to keep moving, Kevin Wilds. I totally agree. I think this is the first time they came out of the box with it. This was the first game of La Liga. Spanish football is back. Uh, I liked it for sorry. I think the NBA should do it, and I think this will get better and better. So hopefully in the next month, next two months, we can see like this fan experience get uh, a little bit more crisp. Look, I'm not the video game expert that you guys are, but I'm, I'm disappointed in these fans. I mean, th this is ridiculous. I need more detail. I need faces. I need hair. Any I detail. Need smiles and frowns, something. I mean, that's just flat. That looks like different colored seats to me. Uh, the sound, oh I'm God, fine with. I love the crowd noise, but I just need a little more detail. Really, something. Uh, they can get better than that, right? It's 2020. That's the best we can do. Good. I'm with Broussard. All right, speaking of detail, watch this. Zion Williamson was featured in the trailer for the upcoming NBA 2K video game on the new PS5. PlayStation only took the Pelicans rookie 19 games this season to already be the face of a video game. Broussard, what does it say that they went with Zion for this? Look at that. I love that they went with Zion. Zion is the cat's meow. Doesn't mean he's the best young player in the league. We know that's cat's Luka. Meow. But everybody wants to know about Zion. He's the one that's going to sell more uh, of these. So, yeah, they did the right thing. And look, there's a happy medium. I just said I like detail, but this is a little too much. I don't need to see Zion's knees and calves oh. sweaty. So let's find a happy medium. <laughs> Broussard, you can't, I love this you know, the graphic designers cannot please Broussard. Uh, I like this, I like this, Nick. Have I played a video game? No. And do I know, I'm scared to start playing video games because I would never stop playing. So I like looking at this, but I can't engage or I'd become addicted. All right, I know we're short on time, so I'll go as fast as I can here because I got a lot to say. First of all, Chris Broussard is it has the biggest discrepancy between how old he actually is and how old he looks. I think people would be off by about 20 years, but he just, the cat's out of the bag by you saying the cat's meow. Is that what you folks said at the speakeasy back in your day? The hell you doing, Broussard? Everyone's now gonna know your generation. That's first of all. Second of all, also about my friend Chris Broussard. Until he, because I'm in the 2K series of games, it's my, since I don't have an NBA vote, it's my only real connection, official connection to the league. 
I was considering calling my friend Ronnie over at 2K to try to have them more prominently feature Chris Broussard in the games. But I'm holding out until Chris Broussard makes a phone call to his friend Tim Frank to help me get my NBA vote. That is not So a little I scratch your back, great. you scratch my back type of situation, Broussard. You think about that once the NBA season ends, and, and we'll see what we can do on the 2K end. You help me with a vote. We'll all be good. Thank I you. love the video game, by the way. All right. Moving along, the recent report says NBA rosters could be expanded to 17 players when play resumes at the end of July. Now that's an extra two players. Nick, tell Let's us go. who you would sign. Listen, I understand he's been in the headlines for some tough reasons lately, but my pal J.R. Swish should be in the league. And if the Lakers were to sign him, what we know about J.R., is no moment would be too big for him. The Lakers do not, I'm sorry, the Cavs do not win the 2016 NBA Finals if JR didn't hit back-to-back -back enormous baskets when the Warriors had their biggest lead of the game right after halftime. There is no moment too big for him, and it should be noted in that game, who is the player that cut off Andre Iguodala to force him to double clutch for just a moment for LeBron to make the greatest defensive play in the history of basketball? J.R. Smith. So J.R., we know his cardio's up. He's been out bicycling, hanging out in L.A. The, he's the guy that should be signed, Kevin Watts. Okay, yeah. I'm, it's Friday. I want to be optimistic heading into the weekend. I, I, that's an odd take, Nick, and I like J.R. I think he's a good guy, <laughs> but there has been, a, you know, a handful of moments that where he sort of lost his, his mind there. So, But maybe, maybe you're right. I'm a Lance guy, Broussard. I want to bring Lance back Lance. in the league. This is the LeBron stopper. Old. Oh, there it is. It's also an excuse to run this video. Yeah, look, Nick Nick is absolutely right about the 2016 finals. They don't win that without J.R. Smith. Here's the problem. He hasn't hit a jump shot since then. Okay, that's the problem. I'm serious. Like, I don't know when the last You're time awesome, I saw this guy make a three-point shot. So, not JR. I do like Lance. I was thinking uh, Jamal Crawford, but Jamal is 40. Yeah. I kind of like He's Lance. 40. I think that makes a lot of sense. I'd love Lance. to have Lance coming off my pitch if I'm the Lakers. You, you, Wilds, you said, you said JR lost his mind a couple times. You're picking Lance? Lance as a paragon of... Got it together. Anyone recognize this guy? Nikola Jokic. Rumors have been swirling that the Nuggets' big man has been using quarantine to slim down and work on his body. This recent video confirming that the Joker does, in fact, look svelte. I, dare I say, almost too svelte. Maybe it's also the way he's standing. I didn't love it. Nick, what'd you make of his new look? I am accepting apologies, Nuggets fans. Nuggets fans, for three years, y'all have said, no, he's just a bad body guy. No, the weight helps him. Nick, you're body shaming him. You shouldn't say he sweats gravy. Things like that. Now, you're all excited that he's actually in shape. Now, you're like, oh, look at how dangerous we can be when our best player isn't fat. So, you know I was right. You were wrong, you can apologize now. And I will say this, unlike when Jenna body shames me, pro athletes are the one exception where you're allowed to talk about their physical appearance and physical conditioning, because it's what they do for a living. It is unlike they are in their own special bucket. I so I will not apologize, Nikola Jokic was out of shape. Yeah, exactly. And now he finally got in shape. I'm a, it's a shame Wilds it took a global pandemic for him to do some crunches.
Um, I'm, not, little, I, I'm weight, not super optimistic about this one, Broussard. I like those Ben Simmons pictures we saw yesterday where Ben looks like he's going to be able to attack the rim and, and take some, uh, some you know, physical contact down there. This looks, this, he doesn't look like the same player at all. No, that's a good point, Wiles. Look, he lost 20 to 25 pounds in February and played tremendously. But in March, he struggled. He only averaged 14 points a game in March. It was only five, six games, but they lost three of them. He uses his body a lot to box out and get rebounds. Yeah. We know he can't jump, so he's just boxing guys out. He posts guys up with his body. I'm not saying he totally can't play because, look, the, the inclination is to think he's going to be better, but it's going to help him in terms of speed, quickness. He's never going to be incredibly quick, so I don't know how much of an advantage that is for him. So I'm a bit skeptical as well. I really want to see how this works. I am too. Ooh, skepticism all around. All right, moving on now to my favorite person of all time who continues to not follow me on Twitter, Danny Ainge. Hasn't tweeted at me yet, but he did tweet out this video of Chaco Fall hitting the three. It's kind of the same. It's kind of the same thing. It felt good. Uh, Bouchard, though, what'd you make of Ainge's taco tweet? I love the guy. I, I make of this that Danny Ainge has a great personality and sense of humor. I mean, that looks great, but come on. I, I never want to see Taco take another three in my life. And I think Danny Ainge feels the same way. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I like it. Uh, we're the only show in the in the world that treats Danny Ainge like he's, you know, yes, Leonardo DiCaprio, like he never like he never does any media. Like <laughs> Danny Ainge is out there in the media, Jenna. Like he should be it, it, engaging in on Twitter Following and, me? and coming on the show. Like yes. this is a huge fan club of Danny Agreed. Ainge. This is his show. He should watch it. Understood. Okay. Should. Okay. Wish he would. I, I'm not going to engage in Jenna's 30-year crush on a married great-grandfather. It's just her grandfather yeah, 17, however many grandkids he has. I, listen, Broussard, I hate to end the show on this, but I'm disappointed in you. You, such as myself, are a student of NBA history. And Taco Fall, whose best-case scenario NBA comp is Manute Bowl. What did Manute Bowl turn into late in his career? Oh, yeah. Sniper. Long-range sniper, Manute Bowl. Why can't Taco do it? Yeah, you know I'm right. It's a great way to end the week. Sniper. Checkmate on Broussard. Sniper. Easy sniper. money sniper, Manute Bowl. The original. The original. <laughs> we gotta go. Guys, have a great weekend. Danny, it's at Jenna Wolf. Just once, my friend. Try it once. Be safe, everyone.